at the end of the day, man, it's a W2 job. I was lucky enough to see a Cirque du Soleil show when I was a kid, and my path was freaking clear since I was nine years old. I was 24 years old and I achieved my goal. People see Cirque du Soleil as this, as, this, as this artistic thing, and you're so lucky, you're an artist, you work for Cirque du Soleil, it must be so cool, freaking wonderful, but it's a W2 job. At the end of the day, man, it's a W2 job. I said, fuck it, I retired. I retired from renting my time for money. I retired from that. I'm a businessman. This is really who I am. I like to build a machine that creates money. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. My guest today, Mark Picard, is a former Cirque du Soleil performer. He's a podcast producer, founder of podcastproducer.com, and just an all-around very interesting guy. In fact, he almost got nude. Uh, before this intro. Uh, so we were going to have a little bit of an OnlyFans moment, but um, really, 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 really intriguing story. I can't wait to dive into Mark, man. Thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. And by the way, congratulations on the show, man. Like I've been following you for, I know you for a couple of years, since a couple of years, and you have such a level of authenticity on social media. It's like, oh, wow. I, have, I, have my, I have a good gut feeling for people. You know, I, I'm rarely wrong. But I really have the sensation that whichever clip that you do, the person you are on social media is the person I would see if I go have a beer with you. Whereas there's some other people, they they put on, of course you put on a smile and of course you put- No, 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 no. I agree. That is what I try to represent. Yeah, 100%. But I'm fairly sure that if I go to take a beer, I take a plane right now, I join you, I'm fairly sure you will be the same guy. You know what I mean? And that's why people follow you. That's, that means that's from where you need to build everything. That's what you did. That's why you're successful. You know, you know, it's funny, like these, these things come to you at, you're in the mindset space, right? So my, my biggest as, what are we in? We're in mid April, right? As we record this, my biggest, uh, mindset block lately has been like, man, I, I'm stuck. Like I've had, I've had, I've, you know, if you look back on it, this, the bullet points are amazing. Oh, you know, quit your big job and move to the Dominican and got this podcast, like the brand, like, oh, it's, but for me, I feel like, yeah, but I feel like I've kind of been there. Right. And like, I, I don't feel like that. So it's been, it's been a feeling I've had for the last week, two, three weeks. And in that time, it feels like what you just said, which is means so much. So thank you. Keeps, keeps sort of like coming at me a little bit more voluminously, like day by day, right? Like somebody's saying it, like somebody said it. And then three days later, somebody said something like that. And then like two days later, and then the next day, and then two people the next day. And then, you know what I mean? Like there's this build on it. So I appreciate that, man. Cause it means a lot to hear sometimes. I, I need to hear sometimes like you're just keep going love what you do, appreciate who you are. And you're right, man. I, I am. What you see here is what you would get if you go to an event or have a beer with me or whatever. I might ball bust more, but beyond that, <laughs> it's about the same. So <laughs> Jamie, authenticity is a currency. It's the main currency on social media Agreed. right now. And there's so much problem with AI right now that AI is just flooding everything. You probably saw your reach affected lately. Oh, you know, numbers yeah. went down. Everybody is like that. And my personal take on it, I think people are, are overusing AI, right? Rather than using their own authenticity. All the answers are in there. All the answers are in your head. You, you're inspired by stuff. Every single day you're inspired by something. If you're a little bit you know, aware in life, about the beauty of life. But there's something inspiring that is happening to you every single day. 
that's what you need to push on social media. You, you know, know I'll give you I mean? credit, man, because you do. Like watching your stuff, you, that's exactly it. Like I, I find myself wanting to hack the ag- algorithm for growth. You know what I mean? Like I find myself saying, I'm not growing. I'm not getting the reach. So, oh, it must be something with my content. Let me change it. Like not be so mindset focused. Needs to be more maybe step one, two, three. But then honestly, like as we get ready for this, I start researching and looking into you and you put out beautiful, authentic. This is so like, we're such like a love fest right now, but whatever. You put out (laughs) this beautiful, authentic from the heart content. And it just, I can feel it. It's just like, it's what I wanted to say today. I want to talk about it. whether it's don't get on your cell phone. Hey, you're still on. Those are great, by the way. Those quick videos. That you do. Uh, two minutes or going back time. a little, going back a little bit with like, you know, keep going your mindset, you know, like keeping your mindset strong. So I do enjoy putting that out into the world. And I find myself or found myself recently being overthinking content saying, okay, that's getting tired and it's not really landing for people. And it's like, who are you? You're not big enough to be saying these things to inspire people. So I'm trying to get more like the three steps, you know? So anyway, the imposter syndrome, the imposter syndrome. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Right. Everybody is a victim of that. Everybody. Everybody. I'm sure that even Grant Cardone at some point, like in the middle of the night, he turns and he puts a little blanket like this and he's like, I feel like an imposter. I'm you know, sure. A great, I'm sure. There's a great Cardone story on that. If you don't mind me telling oh, yeah. it real quick. Yeah, yeah please. So, so this, it dates, it goes back a little bit, but he was um, doing a sales course, like eight or 10 hour. It was like an eight hour in Vegas, actually, where you were for a while um, in Vegas, like an eight hour sales course on like a Saturday, like a seminar. Right. And he would sell it for whatever it is, $5,000, let's just say. So he'd sell it for five grand and he would have whatever, 10, 20 people show up at these things, thing, these things for like eight hours. But he was, he was telling his wife, he's like, I don't know if I can, if I can keep doing this. It's like, it's draining me. And she's like, okay, well, at what point in the eight hours are you drained? He, he goes, I get to hour three. I'm good. Like right after hour three, it starts to deteriorate for me. So, so she's like, well, why don't you just cut it to three hours? He's like, oh man, I, I got to deliver more. Like, it's not enough for them. Like there was this yeah. imposter thing in him. Like I have to over deliver if I don't give them everything. And then, and then I'll have to reduce my pricing and all this stuff. Right. So he ended up doing it for three hours. He kept his prices the same. He's like, I'm just going to put it out there for 5,000 or whatever it was. Yeah. Got more enrollment, higher level of satisfaction from people. Right. Because he's like, man, I, I gave them everything in three hours. They didn't want to spend all day on a Saturday with me, right? They were happy to spend mm-hmm. five grand to get three hours of concentrated information for me. But I was resisting doing that for so long because I felt like I'm not, I'm not worthy of making that much money in that short amount of time to deliver what I, I I've got to deliver more. I got to give more time, more energy, more effort. So I agree with you, man. Like no matter who you are. I'm sure we all suffer with imposter syndrome. So, so can you, can you imagine I'm a retired clown, man. And I sit down, <laughs> I sit down with like marketing, like marketing machine and lead generation machine and graphic designers and, and blah, 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 blah. And you know, now, now I'm, I'm helping prereal.com. Uh, we're, we're revamping the brand and we're, 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 you know, James wanted to put gasoline on the fire and we're, we're on and I'm sitting and meeting with people that have worked for freaking huge company as marketing directors. And I'm like, uh, okay, okay. But, but marketing and entertainment, like marketing and, and the artistic direction thing is it's more or less the same thing, you know, because yeah. what's a brand? A brand is a gut feeling towards something. Okay. 
Oh, it's like not that. something rational. It's just a gut feeling. A brand is not something you say it is. A brand is something what they say it is. You know, even if you, if you come in with the best graphic designer and all that, and you want to create a brand after all, it, it come up to your community to see you, to see your brand and perceive your brand and have the right gut feeling. Right. So people, when, when, when it's the same thing, it's, it's, a, it, and it's the same thing in art. When I work with a performer on stage or in front of the camera, it's exactly the same thing. It's a gut feeling. It's not the same thing an actor that enters from that side of the screen than an actor that enters from that side of the screen. It's not the same gut feeling. Yeah. You don't have the same gut feeling of me if I sit like this than if I'm like that. Mm. Right? It's it's small little tweaks, but it's all gut feeling. It's only gut feeling. So I I realized recently that my my past as an artistic director, and I'm I'm still an artistic director. Yep. is really serving me and my client when it comes to branding because I'm I'm really connected to this this gut feeling thing you know that's interesting and, yeah and it's it's only that branding is only gut feeling man I love that man I've never heard it put that way branding is gut feeling that's a great point that's a great point I like that a lot I got I got to embody that or remember that as we go forward but but anyway, retired clown. Let's start with that. I love <laughs> it. You have like a like a squeaky nose and a flower that you spray water at me with and shit is that no, 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 no. I'm no, kidding. No. I'm kidding. But no, we're talking like you were on Ka. I've seen Ka. You were on it for a yeah. number of years. Friend of mine, Barry Griffiths, a former yeah. WWE guy, right? What was his character yeah. on WWE? Do you remember? Yeah, he was uh, Mason Ryan. Mason Ryan. That's right. Yeah. So Mason Ryan. great dude. I just texted him the other day, actually, randomly. I'm saying, hey, man, I might be in Vegas soon. Uh, we should we should connect. But um, uh, but you were on Ka. So you were a Cirque du Soleil performer, a lifetime dream uh -huh. of yours. Tell me about that. How did you, yeah, how did you get I, there? What was that all about? Give me kind uh -huh. of the backstory. Oh, so um, where do you, where do I start? It started. I was lucky enough to see a Cirque du Soleil show when I was a kid, and my path was freaking clear since I was nine years old. It was very clear. I remember. I remember the show that I saw. Where Montreal? Cirque, uh, yeah, it was in Montreal. Yeah, and this is where I'm from. This is where the two dollar English is coming from. <laughs> it's um, awesome. I, I just remember at a certain point in the in the show i just it was very clear to me that this is what i wanted to do so wow. so that's what i did i achieved my goal i was 24 years old and i achieved my goal so this is all good like i did a bunch of things i studied and 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 i'll always have been a businessman my first business it was when i was 19 and you know i i did a bunch of things on the side of my performing career but here's the thing when you have such a big goal and you achieve it you get there and then what you're like oh oh that's it like i've been doing that show for like you know three four thousand times that's it <gasps> so what happened with Cirque du Soleil is as i was working uh, as a performer they were hiring me as a sort of artistic consultant artistic coach so i was working on other shows in vegas uh, during the day and my work was uh work and act but i'm really working the human being there i'm not necessarily touching costume light uh music or anything like that that's what the the the, the resident artistic director will work on i'm really w uh, working the, the human performance okay um you can say that also an acting coach let's say right mm -hmm. um 
and at some point I was I was driving in Vegas and and if you go in Vegas you see my face everywhere like this is me right there on the poster right oh yeah but you see yeah. you see, you see my what face. was it the counselor's the, son or the, the counselor's son yeah counselor's the counselor's son. son yeah I was the main the main bad guy one of the there's a the, you know the main bad guy of the show um and one at at one point I was in my car in Vegas and I I looked and my face was in big you know on a on a big bus like those big touristic bus yeah, in vegas yeah. full of drunk people with the eiffel tower <laughs> <laughs> yeah vegas is a where is it vegas is a cool place but anyways i i looked and i did not recognize myself man mm. like for one second i thought that guy that i was looking was another mm. for one second it just it was bang like that and then this is when i realized it was like okay that's it. The, the the performing Mark. The Mark is a performer, the guy that put on makeup every day, four hundred and seventy eight times a year. It's gone. Now it's time to turn the page, do something else. So I retired mm-hmm. um, back in two thousand seventeen, and I still worked as a consultant. You know, uh, uh, on touring shows in Europe. Cir- I still Cirque du Soleil shows. I work on Totem, Avatar, uh, Turok, uh, Ovo. Uh, work on a bunch of Cirque du Soleil show as again as an artistic consultant or artistic coach you know so but that was on the side of my of course of my of my business career because that's something that I have in me first business I was 19 years old I just built it without really thinking and first Which was thing what? We, what was that 19 it was a circus school oh. it was a circus school first thing we, oh. we start from nothing and when I left we were building for 1.7 million a year no shit yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, as a young guy, yeah, I wasn't even aware of that achievement. I just did it. Like, it was just in my blood. I just did it. And then I started managing things, and I started doing this. And then, okay, a loan to the bank, and all this. And, oh, do you do birthday parties? Uh, for, yeah. <laughs> do you do blah, blah, blah? Okay. And we, we built this, you know. And I always had business project on the side of my performing career. But when I got to the end of my performing career, I realized that I'm a businessman. This is really who I am, you know. I I like growth. I like growth. I like I like to see growth in in the in human beings. I like to see growth in in a business. I'm 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 not passionate about becoming rich. I, rich. I have the simplest life you can even imagine. All right. But I like to build a machine that creates money. Mm-hmm. I'm fascinated by that. Like. When you think like one second, you're like, okay, like there's a problem somewhere in a market, whatever. There's a problem. You come up with a solution. You you know you market it. You solve a solution to people. They give you money in exchange. You pay people. Meanwhile, you pay your taxes. You pay your everything. You you know you're building whatever you have to pay for your business. And at the end of that, if everything goes well, there's there's money. Yeah. That's it. There's money left that you that you reinvest and did you. I'm just fascinated by that building something that prints money. What do you still have that you business? Know? The one point seven million is a good business, man. Like, do you still have no, that? No, I'm business? not a partner. No, I'm not a partner anymore. No, 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 no. Did no. you? Was that intentional, or did it just sort of dissipate over time? Like, what what happened? It, it was it, no, no. It was intentional. No, no. It was intentional because I moved away from Quebec. You know, I left yeah. uh, Quebec uh, about fifteen years ago. I would say something mm-hmm. like that. And no, I just, 
and I was younger also, and I, it was it was a thing with the partners also. When you don't, I mean, we were getting along, but they 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 weren't top, too serious about yeah. about branding, about protocols, about blah 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 blah. Partnerships are like, tough, especially when you're young, because oh. like you partner up. Were you all about the same age? No, they were. were they older? older. They were older than me. Yeah, gotcha. You I know? was gonna say like the, the, you know. Maybe somebody's not married and gets married and then, you know, somebody else has a, a change. Like I had a partnership dry up just cause like he had another business that, that turned on him and it was like, and it didn't end poorly, but it was like, we had to exit a couple of properties that we had together because he needed cash flow. And like, well, I don't necessarily want to exit him, but I can't take him on on my own either. So I guess we're selling. Right. So partnerships are tough and I can, I can imagine really from afar, tough. especially that it gets difficult. Because where do you place place friendship into this? Yeah, where, yeah. where do you where do you place the relationship in Catalan? There is a there is a say, uh, we say la confianza fafastic, okay, which means trust stinks. <laughs> what what you know what I mean? When you do business with friends, when you're younger, usually you do business with friends, right? People sure. that you know, and and because there's too much trust. As friends, then the, the thing cannot go further. You need some sort of a distance, right, with with your partner, and that takes that take, takes time. I would say, you know, yeah. But, at the but same as you time, grow, yeah, partnership ahead. become. I, I think as you grow, as you become older, I think partnership becomes easier. You know, because you know yourself better. You yeah. you've been there before. Uh, you know what to put down in a contract. You know, you know, but. Yeah, I've had, look, I've had a couple partnerships fall apart, not in a bad way, just kind of naturally fell apart. And there's always, there can be always a little bit of like, a little bit of, I don't know, angst at the end of them. But man, I, I, I don't know how you do it without them. Right. Like, I I don't know how you do it. Some people can, but I mean, if you, I look at partnerships, some people are like, oh, I'm afraid to be in a partnership because it might fall apart. It's like, okay, but it will fall apart. It likely will, or it could or whatever, but without it, you don't get started. So it's sort of like this catch 22 in some ways, you know? Yeah. There's no way you grow alone. Yeah. There's no way it doesn't exist. It, you can't, you're not perfect. You will need, you'll need some partners that uh, their strength is your weaknesses at some point, you yeah. know, you're not a good accountant. You will need a partner that is some sort of good with numbers. Oh, you're not good at marketing. You're not, you don't have good creative thinking, but you will need someone that does that, you know, and you're a deal maker. That's what you, you do. Well, then you become that asset for your other partners. So also sometimes maybe partnership goes south also because of that. You know what I mean? There's too much of the same skill at the same time. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do. If on, yeah. the, if on a team of five people, there's four marketing people, then maybe you're missing a couple of ingredients to make this successful. You know no, what no I doubt. mean? No doubt. The, <clears throat> the, uh, I, I, I want to get to this when you left, because I'm curious about like, if you didn't have that business in Montreal and you were doing the car thing, mm. um, you know how you, you did, you said you had the consulting gig, but we'll get to that in a second. But you said 470 shows a year. Yeah. 10 shows a week. Two shows wow. a week, five days a week. How many uh, weeks? Did you have like a time off? Like did, did, did you have a max like, two weeks? So they two have, weeks in a year. It, dude, it's a W2 job. Here's the thing. All right. People see Cirque du Soleil as this, as this, as this artistic thing. And you're so lucky. You're an artist. You work for Cirque du Soleil. It must be so cool. Sofa everywhere. And we have a physiotherapist and a doctor. And you, you're, you're a little bit in pain. You will have a little massage because we have massage therapists and everything. And it's, it's freaking wonderful. But it's a W2 job at the end of the day. 
And while, mo unfortunately, most of performers, when they, when, they, when they reach Cirque du Soleil, usually they're at the end of their, um, their, 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 their sport career. Usually they're gymnasts, right? And since they're very, very young, all right, we tell them, do a backflip, you're going to feel loved. Basically, you know, when you have, a, you have children, right? Yeah. So me too, I have twins. And sometimes you need to be careful in the way you encourage them because I've seen that a lot at, at Cirque, you know, and they, they, they have young gymnasts, three years old. They already, they already tell them, you know, do a backflip, do this and blah, blah, blah. And that's the only thing they talk about, gymnastic, gymnastic, your next, your next competition, blah, 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 blah. What's happening in the mind of the child? Mm. The child starts thinking subconsciously, my parents love me when I win a gold medal. Right, right. Oh, uh, my friends at school, they love me when I do a handstand. Mm. And, and then you grow up, you know, you grow up with that. And at the end, what's happening is they get to Cirque du Soleil, which is one of the most beautiful brand on the planet. So they're, 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 they're pumped, man. They're, they're really pumped. So they, 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 they dive into it. But just the idea of doing something else is completely foreign to them. They cannot mm. conceive a life outside of Cirque du Soleil because they feel love. They have money. They, they, they work for that brand everywhere you go, uh, you know, at the 7-Eleven. Hey, what do you do for a living? I work for Cirque du Soleil. Oh, my God. It's not the same impact than saying I'm a plumber, right. you know. So you receive love all the time. But at the end of the day, man, it's a W-2 job. Wow. It is and interesting. if you don't, develop yourself on the side, learning yeah. other skills, taking a little course of this, a little course of that creating a business like Barry Griffith did, you know, yeah. From, yeah. from wrestling with real estate. That's what he does. He's, he has his performing career, but on the side, he does real estate. Mm -hmm. and, he, and he's working towards that. And he's always taking a course and he's always looking to improve. But unfortunately, it's very few do that at Cirque du Soleil because life is, is very comfortable. Yeah, is very he still on car? Is he still there? Is he yeah, doing yeah, yeah. He came back. Yeah, he came, he came back, back after, after COVID. Wow. He I didn't know that. Him. I haven't talked to him in a bit. Like I said, I texted him. I, I didn't really get into him, but um, uh, I didn't know he went back to it. That's incredible. He's got to be at it, what, 13, 14 years? No, no, no. He, uh, oh, Barry, I would say no, no, no. I would say probably seven years. Oh, okay. I was seven, I was only seven, off by a couple. Seven, seven years. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so, so on this show, when you take a week off, does that mean the show is shut down? Like, are the weeks yeah. off set in advance? Dark. Or like, what if you're sick? Okay, so, <laughs> well, first, there's about 80 performers on a show like Ka, for example. So the touring shows, they will have about like 50 performers, more or less. They will have less, less performers because they're touring. Well, unless there's a show like Avatar that is like a massive show, but still. Um, so as far as vacation, no, when the show is dark, the show is dark. There's nothing, there's maintenance to do. There's things to repair. There's things to, to be fixed, sure. you know? So it's not all of the departments that will be, that will be dark, you know, if there's, uh, if they go on a two week dark, for example, um, if you're sick, if you're injured or whatever, there's, there's a system where, so at Cirque du Soleil, there's like, let's say that there's different uh, kind of contract, let's say, all right. But there's, um, uh, if you're a character, that means you play the same character all the time. That's what I was doing. Okay. Mm -hmm. You play the same track every show. You play the same character. The clowns are like that. Uh, any character that you see that doesn't change necessarily, that, that that's the only thing they do. 
they're specialists. So that's people that, I don't know, a hand balancer, that's the only thing he does in the show. You know, he might do other cues, but that's the only thing he does. And then there's generalists. So those are the gymnasts. Most of people at Cirque, they're generalists. They're former athletes. And they do more than one act. So what's happening is you know more than one act. So they create a rotation system where if you sick, another artist take off, take take it for for you. You know. Got it. Are so, are you are you um, four thousand shows? Like, is it the same every time, or do they change up the show a little bit? Does it like? I, the I show. Mean, the, yeah, the red, I guess a job is the same way. I mean, a W two. It is. A, you know what I mean? Like going to an office is sort of similar in that way. Yes. But like, but you get into character and play the same, like you do the same role every time, 10 times a week for years, or does it, does it yes, shift? And, do they have new storylines? What does that look like? No, not, no, no, there's no, 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 there's no new storyline. They spend so much money on creating the initial storyline. A show like Ka, for example, is $165 million invested. No shit. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. They made their money back in five years. No. Well, I can see that. <laughs> Contract with the MGM, ticket sales, all that stuff, yeah. right? Swag, yeah, yeah, traveling yeah. shows. Yeah, of course, of wow. course, of course. But it's a hundred and sixty-five millions. You you go in your money in five years. That that's a fucking good deal, my friend. <laughs> how long has it been on, on? How long has it been there? Oh God, probably 10, 15 years. I don't know. What, what's the? Is there a date on the? Uh, it's it's uh, at yeah, least ten. Probably. At, it's at no, least 10. I would say more more 15, uh, close to 15, close yeah. to 15 years. I remember going to that. I remember going to the show. 10, I think it opened. Maybe, no, yeah, I remember going to the show. Eight, seven? Yeah. Maybe more than that. No, I, I agree. Like, I remember going with my, my wife and I, when we lived in Boston, we go to Vegas all the time. And we would go to okay. shows and this, that, but Ka was, I remember, I didn't go the first time or anything we went, but Ka was always there. And that was 09. I remember seeing, because we would stay like at the MGM Signature or something like that, like right there. Yeah. And you would see Ka all the time. It was an amazing show. Uh, but in, what was it? Was it 2013? Somebody fell, right? One of, one of the performers yeah. ended up dying. What was that? Yeah, what, that what changed happened? my life. Okay, so that that changed my life. It's a, it's a, it's. It, I'm I'm grateful for this thing actually. So on the last scene, we do, we did, uh, but we still do. It's a battle scene, right? And the, the the wall is straight like that. And you remember, right? We we fight on the wall vertically. So the people that are just listening, imagine people attach on an harness like you do rock climbing. You know, so you can walk on the wall, let's say, but you, yeah. you're, you're hooked to a, a winch that you control yourself. So you can go up and down by yourself. Sure. Right? Yeah. And, and what happened is she, she've made a small mistake. Uh, uh, one of the rigger made a small mistake, which created the perfect storm for a cable to be, to be split. And she <sighs> fell, I want to say a good 90 feet. Uh, on the on the floor in front of two thousand people, yeah. Um, so she died. You know, she died a few moments after. She had two children. Right. After that, we shut down the show for for three weeks uh, for safety protocol. OSHA went back in and and all that. And after that, I was in charge of uh, of putting the act back into the show. So my job was to. Um, represent the performers to the administration and represent the administration to the performers. Mm -hmm. So basically I was in the middle of a, of a little war zone, you know, like like a union all rep almost, right? Well, yeah. Almost, but there's no union at CERC, but sure. But yeah, I was carrying the message, uh, 
back and forth and but i gotta say in this whole thing cirque du soleil have been so transparent and i don't i don't i'm not on their payroll right so i'm, I'm not getting paid by them i'm telling mm -hmm. you really like from 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 my soul they were super transparent with everything I was on the front row of everything. I was on, on all the meetings, all the technical meetings and everything. Transparent, 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 transparent. Really. Mm -hmm. They never hide anything. They 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 really follow our, our rhythm to reintegrate the act. You know, we reintegrated. Um, I don't remember because it was a while back, but I want, I want to say it took a good six, eight months to reintegrate, maybe a little bit more than that. What do you mean by reintegrate? What is that? What do you mean? Reintegrate, reintegrate the show, uh, the, the act into the show. Because oh, that specific act, act that with specific the... act with where the accident happened, yeah, you know. So, um, but I'm I'm grateful for that because that sort of opened my eyes on on. Oh, okay, yeah, I think I'm a leader. Oh shit, I, I actually like I'm I'm more comfortable in this sort of position in a leading position. Let's say at Cirque du Soleil, that's more me. That's more, you know, and. Strangely, I don't miss the stage as a performer. I'm, I'm, I might miss Cirque du Soleil as an artistic director, let's say, or, or mm. I miss more the backstage of, of, of things. But, but yeah, man, that that changed your life because uh, it's so safe to work for Cirque du Soleil. It's the best company ever, you know, yeah. and still accident can happen. Yeah. Right. And, and just to be, I, I feel like I want to just clean this up because somebody's listening and saying grateful for it. You're saying you're grateful for what the opportunity, like it, it shifted. You're not grateful for that. What happened happened. You're grateful for the fact that what happened happened provided an opportunity for you to, to kind of learn what the next level of life is for you. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I um, think, I think any challenge in life, man, any challenge in life, no matter what it is, is an opportunity for you. Yeah. On, on the spot is, is freaking hard. Your parents die. There's, you know, a, a breakup like on the spot. It's very hard. But, you know, if you step back a little bit, if you step back, sometimes it takes weeks, months, years. But when you step back, you should be able to see that you're coming a long way. And this is why I'm grateful. Yeah, because I was really at the lowest low when my friend died and I found a way through leadership to put myself back up, yeah, you know? And I think without that leading position, I don't, I don't think I would be as, uh, I would have coped that well with, with the whole situation. Mm. You know, it's because I had responsibility that I went through it, I think. So I'm, I'm really sense. grateful for that. Yeah, I'm not grateful for my friends dying, but no, 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 she no, was a good yeah. friend as well. Yeah. She was a really good friend. Yeah, you know? no, I didn't want that to be a distraction. So uh, uh, what does a Cirque performer make? Oh, depend. Um, it's going to go between, uh, 60,000 a year, more or less, more or less. For what? To, is, that, is that a generalist or is that more that, of a... That could be a generalist. Yeah. Okay. Someone that, that can be replaced and no more than one act and, and something like that. Yeah. Up to, up to the clowns are the one that makes them more money. I've heard clowns that make like close to 800 a show. 800, so 800, 800, what do you mean? 800 bucks a show. Oh, oh Okay. <laughs> So, what is, so that's, that's like 300 grand, grand a year about about that yeah right 800 shows so and what is a clown like i'm watching that show like i i picture a clown like you know a red and yellow uh uh, uh wig on with a with the squeaky nose like what, what were you a clown uh i could be but in that show well you saw the show right so it's yeah. it's a pretty dark clown right 
it's yeah. not the, the typical clown, the typical, right. the typical wriggling brothers clown, right? Right. right. Um, no, the clowns, why they get paid more at Cirque usually it's because they come from a long career. They have a lot of experience. Clowning is not easy. It's not given to anyone. Um, what is it? I, 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 it? Dude, it's been a while. So what is a, what is the clown? Like when you say clowning is not easy, what does that mean? Like what does the clown do it's in the show? That's an interesting question. I cannot answer you without telling you the story of cl- of clowning. All right. Hit me. So I let's go back. Let's go back in 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 Russia. All right. So you know, more than a hundred years ago in Russia, there's a little there's a little circus, traditional circus. All right. And there's a typical act. Like imagine the most typical cliche circus ever. The master of ceremony. The the round stage and and the guy here and the sister on the trapeze will perform the blah 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 okay classic classic and and all the acts were going on like that but that was one stage hand his name was his name was augusto stage hand is someone that brings props right that is sort of a technician but like let's say lower than technician you know i don't know for the people to imagine well i get it yeah Okay, but this guy's job was to bring the plates to the juggler, to bring to bring the dogs to the the, the person that was doing the, the act with the dogs, uh, bring the little thing to the girl that did the the, the the little strap act. Bring the she was he was bringing accessories and props to the people on stage. But that was one problem. He was an alcoholic, mm. so every time he showed up on stage with like with with you know fifteen plates on each hand. People didn't really know, like, oh, shit, is he going to fall? And he was, like, totally drunk, you know? No way, yeah. Totally drunk and blah, and blah, and the plates were broken. He had to go back. Or when he was bringing the door, the dogs, he was opening a cage. The dog was escaping. The other one was biting his butt. He was taking the first dog, putting back in the cage while he's getting the other one. The other one escaped. And people started laughing and laughing and laughing and laughing. And they started to ask more from that guy. So the producers started to give him a spot in the show, all right? And it was still sleeping under a caravan, like an animal, and he was the star of the show. So when you ask me, what is clowning? Clowning is to take your own weaknesses, what's unique to you, and making it laughable, which is a tragedy in itself. You know what I mean? Wow. Take a, take a, one of the most beautiful clowns that we, that we see, uh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix. That's a good example of that. Mm. He's a psychopath. Mm. He's, he, he's, he's a psychopath. That's not funny, but we laugh at that. We, we, you know, yeah. it's not yeah. mean, but we laugh. Any great clown or even comedian need to seek in their dark side, in their weaknesses to make laugh the people. So so that's also why Cirque du Soleil pay more their clowns, I think. Wow. Because they have that capacity to seek inside the, the seek inside themselves uh, some creative material to please the actually not not even to make laugh the audience because I think it's wrong. A clown should not necessarily go for the laugh. It's about touching people. It's about mm-hmm. being authentic, man. It's about being authentic. And very few people on this planet knows to do it well. Like who? Give me an example. Is there a, like you said, Joaquin Phoenix, does he know to do it well uh, or is it? About it, he's an actor. But the, the great clown, like Slavas is a good clown. Slavas, uh, the Slava snow show. Have you seen that? With, no. the big, with the big fan and there's a big snowstorm uh, that goes. Probably you've seen some image of something Sla- like that. S-L-A, how do you spell it? 
Slavas. S L A B A S. Yes, Slavas. Slavas Snow Show. You know what's fucked up, dude? So, I, look, I love live comedy. Love live comedy. Yeah. I'm going to Austin next week, and I look up. There's a website I've never understood it till just now. There's a website for open mic people called Bad Slava. I, I I'm like, why would they call it? That's the dumbest name. Has to be related to this. Probably Slava. Probably. So Slava Snow Clown that's Snow one, Show is clowning. That's one of the most famous clown on the planet. Yeah. Wow. Slava Very Snow. old. He worked for Cirque du Soleil many years. Uh, he did. Uh, he was in. Um, was that it was uh, well before the um, Lanuba? I think it was in Lanuba. Yeah. Um, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. But you will understand what I mean by by if you if you look at it like later or anyone at home that is that, that wants to take a look. Vulnerability. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'll have to take a peek of some YouTube stuff on here. Slava Pulunin. 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 Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, Interesting. Okay, so let's take the so all right, that gives us some history on clowns. So clowns in Cirque du Soleil, yeah. you said are kind of a, a dark character. So so But not the, necessarily a dark character, not necessarily dark, but it's people that 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 will seek inside in themselves what's what could be what could touch the audience, you know? Interesting. Wow, I had no I would yeah, have so are funny. these people also like the ones so are the the people that are like running on the hamster wheel thing and jumping off of shit. Like that's the $60,000 people. Oh, they make more money. No, no. If you're specialist, you're going to make more money. I'm, I'm giving you a wide range here. Okay. It's from yeah. 60 to 300 and something, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the clown who is not necessarily the athlete, I'm going to say, is that true? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right, you're right, you're right. So they don't pay more if your act is more dangerous, if this is what you're... you're yeah, you're, that's you're what I would have thought. They don't necessarily pay more. They pay more, well, I'm going to tell you the truth, they pay more if your act sells the show. Interesting. Right? If, yeah. And and that's that's the first thing. If your act, let's say, sells the show, but also there's another thing that Cirque du Soleil will value is your contribution backstage. Mm. Because sometimes you can have a very average performer on stage by average, wait, well, we're talking about high-end Cirque du Soleil average, you know, not like regular people average. But you see what the person does backstage and it's so beneficial for the rest of the team that they're going to pay more that person just to, to have that person stick around. That's interesting. That's like a locker room guy, right? Like you have an yeah. athlete that might be in the twilight of their career. Like they're not quite yeah. as physically dominant as they once were like a yeah. lineman or an, an NFL edge rusher or something, but yeah. they're that locker room guy. They're that influence. And yeah. they sign them to a, you know, $4 million a year. Like, how, that's they're not worth that, but it's more about what they do behind the scenes. That's interesting, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah, 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 what, yeah. what were you making? If you don't mind me, if you don't mind sharing. I was making 130, 140 a year. More so you're making a good buck. You're making a good buck doing that. And of then course. you leave. And you just pivot to being a uh, a consultant, right? So, so yeah, but it's I mean, this is not I, I don't make a living out of out of that. You know what I mean? What so do you no, mean? What no, I, did, I don't know what you mean. What do you mean by that? You don't make a living. No, what I mean, I'm not I'm not I'm not fully a consultant. I cannot earn a hundred percent of my living just being a consultant for Cirque du Soleil. You know? Oh wow, okay. It's something I, I kept doing. I kept doing. Right? They kept calling me, uh, sending me on shows here and there. No, no, no. I truly retired, man. I truly, I retired because I did some investment when my twenties, when I sold this thing, you know, I had a little bit of passive income coming in, but very thin, 
very, very thin. So what I did, man, is I, I said, fuck it. I retired. I retired from renting my time for money. I retired from that. I'm mm. done. That's not me. I don't want to do it anymore. So I'm going to stop everything. My wife is from Spain. So, so we went back to live in Spain where the cost of living is very, is extremely low. A dollar fifty for a beer in Spain. All right. What, what part? So I'm Barcelona. Barcelona. I live like four, 45 minutes from Barcelona. I have a little house in the wood uh, on the countryside. <clears throat> so I truly retired. You know what I mean? Like the, the, I, I made that switch of retiring from this fucking hamster wheel life of going in for the paycheck and renting my time for money and blah, blah, blah. And uh, slowly I fell into digital marketing by accident because while I was in Vegas, I was conducting other type of business and all that. And there was one that failed. There was a training program that I was like, fuck, man, you know, I found a gap in the market. I found something that is a missing piece in the puzzle. I create a product. It should work. It should work. And, and we're back in 2013 huh? about, about that. Yeah. And it fell. It just fell. Like it fell. Like I, I don't, I didn't lose a, a lot of money, maybe 20 grand, you know, it's not the end of the world, but afterwards I was like, why did I fail so bad? You know? And I realized I underestimated the social media aspect of, of things. So I was like, oh, shit, I need to take a course about that. I need to learn about digital marketing. So then I took like a Google ad class and then a social media management course and another, another a branding thing and a graphic design thing. And, and, and I, you know, I started to learn about, about all of it. And what happened is... You know, someone asked me for a website. I said, yeah, cool. I did the website. That person knew someone that asked me for that. Then another person asked me to produce his podcast and another person and then another podcast and another podcast. And then my business grew so quick, mm. so quick that like I, I need to pinch myself still now because I'm like, I'm, I still feel like an imposter. I still feel like a clown. Don't worry, you know. Yeah. But I never lose any clients so far. You know, since I started this whole podcast production thing, like uh, I want to say four, uh, three, four years ago, never, never lost a client. So I'm, I might, I might do something right. You know, you know, maybe we work losing a client saying like a client telling me, I don't want to work with you anymore. You know, sometimes yeah. we work for a couple of months and that's it. Right. But losing a client, it never happened. That's, you know, that's so amazing. Yeah. I must do something right. Yeah. But the thing is, is I don't have a thousand clients and the client that I have, they're on my WhatsApp and it, they're friends. You know what I mean? Like it's, mm -hmm. I, I spend the time to develop a relationship with them. I care about them truly, you know, and, and I think vice versa, because I, let's say a guy like Austin Linney, for example, that is a life coach and a, you know, a mindset specialist. Like if I'm in a low, of course I ask him for help. Hey, Austin, can we jump on a call, man? And of course, he's, he's here to help me. And I'm here to help him as well, you know? So I don't really know where I'm going with that because it's sort of happening on its own type of thing. The first, But now I know, like, I have employees and, you know, I pay people and I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I'm, the project gets bigger and bigger and I'm figuring it out, right? Yeah. But I still have. The retirement mindset. Retirement is a mindset, man. It's not necessarily money in your bank account. It's it's a mindset because 
there is way to simplify your life, man. There is way. I know it's harder in America because everything is very expensive in America, but still in America, there is a way to simplify your life and have a, a, a beautiful, fulfilling life. From there, you don't need much. It doesn't take much to, to step into that retirement mindset. And again, it's so easy to get caught up into, I need more money. I got to do this. I got to invest into that. And it's great. And, and you should do it. You should absolutely keep investing in real estate and in stocks and everything. You should do it, of course. And, and, and mostly if you have children, you want legacy and everything. But at the end of the day, retirement is in here. So if you wake up in the, every morning in the mindset that you're going to work, for example, me, I work from home. If I wake up in the mindset that I'm going to work today, but I'm not retired, but my mindset is not that. I'm retired. Plus, I live in a country where I wasn't born. So I'm a fucking tourist. So I drive around in the wine yard every morning, you know, bringing my kids to school. And I'm like, fuck, this is beautiful. Wow. I'm still amazed. I'm still stunned about some, the food, about some new places. I wasn't born here. So every nothing really feels normal, you know what I mean? So yeah, retirement is in here rather than in your bank account. And that's a mistake a lot of people do. They they work all their life, they stack some money on the side, and then one day they're retired, and what happened? Depression. Mm -hmm. First thing that kicks in, boom, depression. They feel useless. That's that's the thing they're gonna they're gonna use exactly that word. I feel useless. I'm not of any. You know, no one is using me. Yeah, not but, crazy. That, it what? is crazy. It is crazy. You're still in Spain. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it's funny. It's, you just said that that resonates with me about because I live in another country, right? Not not the country I was born in. And so you know what I'm me, talking about. Yeah. Where are you, yeah, from? So, Where are you from originally? U.S. Uh, New York. New York. Okay. Yep. So now in the Dominican Republic, I moved around in the U.S., New York, Boston, Michigan, but now in the DR. And yeah, it is. And and somebody asked me the other day, like, are you getting sick of it? I'm like, you know what? Honestly, I still pinch myself. Like every morning I get up and I recognize the sunshine. I recognize the blue yes. sky. I recognize the beauty yes. of it. Right. Like we yes. have a shower in our bathroom. Or it, well, obviously in our bedroom's bathroom, our master bath or whatever. And the sunrise just happens to come through the window. So and the shower's like the whole area yeah. like everything's I, I don't know it's designed here that way like the water just flows onto the bathroom floor <laughs> like yeah, there's no yeah. like defined here's the tub here's the bathroom right it just it's just kind of like a big just, just open <laughs> tile room right so uh -huh. but i go in there and like if it's you know if i go in i take a cold shower each morning and i just see the sun coming through and i i do i notice it like i don't i don't notice those things back in michigan or new york or boston or whatever the case may be right so it's funny you say that because you're right it is like it is, it's, I, I, this is a good reminder. Cause for me, I've taken the mindset more of like, okay, I'm retired or I'm, um, I'm living this vacation life right now, but I got to get back to it soon. You, you know what I mean? Like, I, like I'm not appreciating it the way you're yeah. talking about it. Right. Like yeah. it is a mindset. Cause man, I, I get up, I go to the gym with my wife, drop the kids off school, go to the gym with my wife. We get back around nine 30. And I take a shower around 10 o'clock. I start my day and there's like still this feeling of like, all right, you know, well, you know, once we get back to America and normal, I'll be, I'll be grinding, you know, first thing in the morning or whatever the case may be. But you're right. This is, I'm, I'm, I've sustained a life. I've done well with that schedule. Like with this idea that I'm not, I'm not even like I'm going to work at today. I've recorded you and another podcast. That's really my day. And it's a ton of fun. This isn't work. This is awesome. I'm talking to a yeah. Cirque du Soleil performer. 
And earlier yeah. I talked to a good friend of mine who has an incredible story and he just went deep on relationships and stuff like that. I'm interviewing uh, the founder of the Orlando Magic, a basketball team in a couple of weeks, my favorite author. I'm going to Austin doing eight live interviews next week. You know, like that's fun as shit. It's not work, but it's like a retirement lifestyle. But exactly. You just shifted my perspective because I feel like I've been in a little bit of like, oh, okay, I, I got to get serious. It's easy to get caught up and mostly in real estate, that real estate, you got to have more, you yeah. got to have more, you got to have more. Because once you stop, you stop, you know, your money stopped growing, you know, you sort of got cut up into it, but it, it, it is a mindset. It is an absolute mindset. It's not only about money. Um, and okay, let me ask you something. How do you feel when you go back home now? What do you mean? How will I feel? So for example, yeah, me, I left, I left my, I left Montreal where I'm from like, uh, uh, about a little less than 15 years ago. You know, so I never came back more than like seven days. <laughs> it's, it's oh, yeah. When I go back, I'm, it's you know? depressing. It is depressing, right? Depressing as hell. When I go back to New York, especially, it's you just You go back like, to work. You fuck. go back to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Even Boston. Like, I loved living in Boston. Yeah. And when we left there and moved to Michigan, it was like, oh, I missed Boston, right? But when we go back to Boston now, it's like a completely different perspective. I, like, it feels yeah. dirty. It feels dingy almost. Like... It yeah. feels gray and heavy in some ways, right? Like there's amazing, amazing parts of that city, but there is a heaviness that I feel when I go back there still that it's like funny. I haven't been there in a while. So I, I'm just remembering that now that that's the feeling I had last time I went there. We have not returned yet to Michigan. I haven't gone back to Michigan from living here about almost, well, almost a year ago now. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know how I feel when we get when we like arrive, quote unquote, home and see what it's like. So it's a good you question. You might have the, the feeling that, Every time I come back home, I, I try to go back home at least once a year. You know, I try. Yeah. And every time I go back home, it's stronger than me. I have the people. I have the feeling that everybody stayed exactly at the same place. That's it. Yeah. And then you live your life outside and you, you, you come back and it's, you know, it's just that, okay, he drives a different car. He doesn't live in the same apartment. But it, it's very weird to, to grow outside of your hometown. It's very, very rude. It is. I, I, my, my, it's funny. My, my mother still, it's like I graduated high school in 1996. I don't know if your parents do this, if they're still alive even, but like she'll ask me if I remember this person who's like, who didn't start school until after I graduated. Like for some reason in her mind, that's still, <laughs> but it's frozen in time, right? Like yes, it, yes, it's all yes. the same, like 1996 versus, you know, 2008. Like to her, it's just like, it's kind of all the same. Like, yeah. oh, they graduated in 08. I'm like, yeah, okay. I, I or, or 18, I should say. I wouldn't know that person. They, they didn't start school until like, oh, three. I was gone seven years, wow. but, and she gets it. But like, to your point, it's just locked in time, that whole spot. And it is, yeah. it's just like, I love seeing my, my parents and everything, but I can't wait to How get out of there. You, you said one year? You left one year ago. From Michigan, yeah. So I left New York. I left New York in... Oh, wait, moved to Boston. Okay. I, I so, lived in Boston till 17, moved to Michigan. And then we moved down here about a year ago. So I, I don't know if you, if you have the same challenge than me, but sometimes when I go back home, I have the, the, the feeling that people kept an image of me 15 years old. That is yeah. 15 years old. They, they, you know, that they have the picture of me, Mark, the clown that makes everybody laugh, that blah, 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 blah. And now I'm more like, I still make people laugh. I'm still goofy, but but I'm more mature now. You know what I mean? I'm more, uh, more, more grounded, let's say, but the people don't pick this up. They didn't see the growth. So they keep like a wrong image yeah. of me almost. 
which makes me feel like a stranger in my own in my own hometown. Yeah, yeah. When well, so, so here, how do I don't you, feel like a stranger. Well, why? Know? Why? How do you overcome that? Because, like, for me, that's what GoBundance has been. GoBundance has been like getting into a community of, of in this case, men who mm. are I always say like imagining forward, right? Like, so because mm. you're right. Like when I go back home, you know, it's everything from, um, like you know, I have I have siblings that call me Mister High Society. Like anything I do is Mr. High Society. It's like, but it's not done in a, in a fun way. It's vilification, I know, I know. right? It's I like, know. oh, okay, Mr. High Society. Yeah. And even like, if I've got a problem, like I'm not allowed to, you know, because it's perceived that I've got a level of success or whatever, yeah. you know, believe my own social media account, like too literally or whatever. It's like, yeah. yeah, you know, I put out some vulnerable stuff, but generally speaking, yeah. Hey, look at this is cool. This is fun. Check this yeah. out. Whatever. You put out, yeah. people put out of positive course. stuff about their life, but, but because of that, there's this perception that I'm not allowed to have problems. So that's where GoBundance came in for me. But what about you? What do you do to overcome like a lack of a network? But I don't have a lack of a network. I don't, I, just, I go, amen. I go there one week, only oh, seven days point. a year. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. how I cope with it. To answer you, that's my strategy. There's a reason why I don't go there more often. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, yeah, I'm, I, you know, I miss my family, my parents, and all that. But we're still in touch, and they come here in Spain, and they travel, and I, I still see them. But I don't think I could fly back to Montreal every month. You know, yeah. I, I, I couldn't. So that's how I cope with it. I have, I, I was like, that's a lost battle. Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck this. Yeah. I'm just going to go a week a year and that's it. Well, it's cool yeah. too. So you, it sounds like your tribe right now is your client base. No, like you've, you've been very strategic and specific with who you work with. And that yeah. becomes all my clients tribe. are from, they're all Americans. I only work with Americans. I bought yeah. on, on, it's not true. I, I work with Quentin D'Souza as well with he's Canadian. I don't know if you know him, Quentin D'Souza. Actually, it could yeah. be a good guy to have on your show. Um, he's the only Canadian one that I that I that I work with. But no, no, I have no client in Spain. My staff is from is from Spain because sure. because you you want cheap labor, go in yeah. Spain. Oh, no that, kidding. That, oh, dude, not Philippines, not not. Ah, no. uh, oh no, wait, 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 wait. No, no, it's not Philippine cheap. But the thing is, like, please, okay, here's the thing. Please bring me a VA that like understand real estate that knows how to do a little bit of graphic design, a little bit of video editing that knows how to manage social media and charge five bucks an hour. If you know that person, please send it forward. Sure. Please. Sure. Yeah. Please, I'm going to hire the shit out of that person. It just doesn't exist. It just doesn't exist. What do you pay per hour for, for an employee? If you don't mind me asking. In Spain. Uh, in Spain uh, well, it depends on the task. No, I pay my people well, man. Uh, 25 euros an hour, 30 euros an hour. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. I pay, I pay, I, I'm pay. i going to eat my own profit margin to make sure that they get paid well and they stay and they do the extra step. I, I, sorry, yeah, but I believe in overpaying people. I have one assistant from the Philippines. Mm -hmm. She told me her salary. She said, I charge five bucks an hour. I, I said, I don't pay you five. I don't pay anyone. Five I did the same. Hour. Yeah. That, that, sorry, but no. You know, uh, I, I don't do that. Right. I'm going to still make money if I pay you 15 bucks an hour. Isn't that something? I love that, man. I said the same thing. I didn't go quite that generous, but I went more. I, I forget what it was. It was like, pay me $3. I'm like, no, I'll pay you six. Right. But, but yeah, I think I it's like, oh, they asked for three. Right. Or even here, we have these two ladies that work here and um, it was like 300 bucks a month and we pay them about twice. Right. To about double what yeah. they asked for. Cause it's like, I mean, 
to your point, I mean, yeah, I'm okay. I could have saved a few hundred bucks, but I value so much what they do. And to be honest with you, like they are at like, I just a minute ago, I, I texted one of them to say, Hey, any chance you could pop over? I want to take my wife out on a date. This is it's four o'clock on Eastern on a, on a Friday. And yeah. uh, she's like, yeah, I'll be right there. Like, cool. Like, you know, I, I believe that that loyalty comes from treating people really well. So I, I oh, I'm for sure. You, right. And anyone listening to this podcast, stop negotiating on Fiverr. Just stop. The freaking guy is charging you 200 bucks for your stupid website. Yeah. Don't try to have it for a hundred bucks, 150. This is cheap shit, man. Yeah. You know, uh, if you really have no money, like zero money. Okay. Maybe, maybe. But then ah, stick with your first thing. I agree with you. Oh, uh, man. Pay, people pay that, people. that uh, pay people, overpay people. If you can't afford it, overpay, overpay. They're going to stay and they're going to take the extra step. They're going to they're gonna do it for you. They're going to stay. They will want to stay because they yeah. feel respected, you know. And if on top of that, you can pay them well and respect their creativity. In my case, I, I hire creators. Yep. They stay. They stay and they never complain if I ask them to design an extra thing or to do an extra revision. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. I hope you're getting tremendous value. I wanna make sure that with this information, you have a way in which you can integrate it into your life. Best way to do that is being a member of any of our GoBundance communities. Just go to GoBundance.com, submit your application. No matter your net worth, we've got the community for you. Back to the show. I wanna get into this. So give me timelines on this. I think you left Cirque in 2018, is that right? Uh, 17, I think 2017. Okay. So you left circa 2017. You said you had some passive income coming in. I was the same. And I like, people think I had this like massive horizontal income stream. Like, no, maybe it covered, it might've covered a third of my expenses. Like my, my passive income when I quit my job, can you, can you give me any context for you? Was it covering more than that? Less than that? Like your, the, the horizontal or passive income you had coming in. I I could, if I wasn't alone with no children, I could, I could live on my passive income. Same, but you weren't right alone, but I I have a wife and two kids. Yeah. So, so of that, I need, I need a little bit, I need a little bit more, but not that much. You know what I mean? Like, was your wife uh, working or no? She works for me. She works for you. She's She's a tattoo artist. Nice. And she works for me. Was she working at the time that you quit? Did she still have employment? Uh, no, because in, no, in Vegas, she couldn't work. She followed me in Vegas, but she couldn't work because I didn't have a green card. She was, she was on a special visa. Got so it. She wasn't. And anyway, we had twins, man. <laughs> so she's home. Twin, right. twin, twins, 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 I had, uh, they're a lot of work, you know, now it's Any, better than 10. Even one quit, even one kid. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. For sure. For but, sure. But I love this point. So this is where I want to dive in a little bit. Cause I think this is, this is a topic that keeps coming up, it, especially my brand has been a lot about like leaving your job and leaving unfulfilling work yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. But, but more than that, we, we were recently, um, we had this guy, Benjamin Hardy, come on and speak to us at abundance on his book, 10 X is easier than two X. And some of the lesson in that book is about getting super narrow focused on like the 20% of tasks that give you 80% of your result, that Pareto's principle thing. Right. Mm. And then letting go of the 80 and how Mm. like that means there's like the job might be the 80, right? The W2 for me was eight, the 80% task getting me 20%. Yeah. It was feeding my family and everything, but the 20% stuff, which was building my brand and emerge at the time and everything like the things that maybe didn't give me um, all the income, it was still like, it's hard to quantify, but it was giving me 80% of the result or it was like a delayed 80% of the result. Like maybe it wasn't going to give me 80% of the result financially right now, but right. You know, with time and focus on it, like 
it's going to give me more than what I was making with the job. But that leap of faith, that that uh, fear of letting go or whatever is what holds people back. It held me back. It, it sounds yeah. like it maybe did for you until you saw your image on that bus. But you leave, your wife's not working, you got twins, you're making 130 grand a year, you've got passive income that covers a chunk, but not all. There's health insurance, there's all these things you got to think about or whatever, yeah. right? And then how long were you sort of in, hey, I'm, I'm drinking $1.50 beers and I don't even know what the next step is. I'm in retirement mode until your digital marketing business started to get to a point where it oh. was taking in significant income. Like what's the gap where you were five like years. five it, years? It took, it, well, wait a second. It took, it took five years. On five years, there's like two, two years of drinking beers, Yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah, easy, easy. But no, I was still working. I did, I did television here. I did like, I still people still call me, call me to do artistic direction and things like that. I directed a show in France last uh, last year, but I, I mean, I don't do that for a living. I don't need it. So you, you take know, a little here, you take a little there, though. Yeah, I take. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So it's um, it's real quick. Is it going from like a monthly mindset to an annualized mindset almost? Like I feel like that's what my thing is now. Like I don't have a paycheck every two weeks, yeah. right? but I get like $120,000 distribution. Right. Yeah. And that, that's like, that might be it for a while, for a while. Right. And then yeah. like, so, but on the annual basis, if my expenses are, I don't know, 10, 120 grand a year, yeah. like what you, what you did, it's like, well, all right, I get, I get this chunk from speaking here or I host this event and yeah. there's 20 grand or I do. So over the course of the year, I'm, I might make multiple, I will make, I do make, I have made multiple hundred thousand dollars, but it's not yeah. consistent. So it just took me from like, okay, my monthly bills are X and I got to make X a month to, well, if I aggregate my bills over a longer period, 12, 18 months, then yeah, yeah I'll make that plus because I got this, that, and the other iron in the fire. Is that kind of how you're op you've operated? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I have some clients, we have like a monthly agreement and some other clients is just like, okay, we pay for a certain, we pay for a certain project, a certain campaign, and that's more money that comes in uh at, at, in one shot or if it's a show for example like last year the show i directed in france which was my god a freaking disaster my first taste of dealing with billionaires wow that was new that what? was a new feeling we can talk about it after that was freaking new i to gotta me. hear about it continue though and um and yeah it's the same thing it's the same thing than you but what what is my vision like honestly because you said the year thing and the monthly thing and all that but like my my gut feeling as an answer is like i think i'm more on a daily thing yeah like oh. i don't i mean i mean like of course all my business is super organized i know like you know i i know where we're gonna be in two three months like i i know monthly weekly like i know everything but me as a human being i have memory problems man that's true. Like, That's a good point. Because I, I I live my life here now, okay? Because it's meant to be lived here and now. So my focus is never to go too much in the future. I did that and I destroyed myself. When did you get there though? Was it painful to get there? It was painful for me to get closer to, I'm not quite where you are, but I fully understand what you're saying. Like what you're saying is you are, it's a, you are, it's a you process. are present, right? Yeah. It's so, a process. Um, meditation helped me very much. Yeah. Um, meeting people, um, my neighbor in Vegas actually was teaching transcendental meditation, yeah. TM, you know, that was super, she was super old. Right. But we're meditating together. And I want to say that shutting the fuck up 
twice a day for like 10 minutes just changed my life. And mm. I think anyone should do it. Shut the fuck up twice a day, morning, night, five, 10 minutes. What does that just mean? No up. phone, just shut Nothing. down. Shut the fuck up. Shut it. Shut everything. Sit on your sofa, close your eyes, breathe. You think about something else. Good. Think about something else. We go back to your breathing. Simple, simple. You know, and what's happening is if you implement that, like let's say twice a day, you start teaching your brain what it truly means to be calm. Because what's happening is we get caught up into the, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to do this, I got to do that, this, this, and in three months, this will come. I have that speaking event and next week I got to do that. So what's happening is your mind is used to, to, to be soaked in, in the stress hormones, man, and fucking in, in stress. Stress become normal. It becomes a norm for your mind. So what's happening slowly is even a happy event will become stressful. Hey, you want a million bucks? <gasps> what, what am I going to do with that? Like, uh, shit, everybody wants... <laughs> right? Like, yeah. even a super cool thing, like, hey, your wife is pregnant. <gasps> ah, the health insurance and blah, blah, blah. And how ah, the college, what am I going to do? No, 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 no. So what's happening is if you, on a regular basis, twice a day, morning, night, you know, and I'm not talking about any freaking mantra and any fucking magic formula, shut the fuck up twice a day, morning, night. Let's talk in, in three months' time. You'll see. Your life will change. I like because that. your mind, because stress is a little bit like fast food, right? Yeah. If someone eats to, them, to McDonald's seven days a week, three times a day, that person thinks McDonald's fast food is food. So mm -hmm. if you give them a real plate with with with, with real real food with nutrients and everything, that person doesn't have the feeling this is food, because for them it's a burger, it's a Big Mac. Food is Big Mac. You know, he's trained like that, right? And stress is the fast food of the mind. We feed this crap to our mind all the time. So the whole metabolism is used to live in stress. It, it becomes the norm. Why do you think people have diabetes, cancer, fucking heart attack? For, they, they don't, everybody's sleep deprived as well because we're, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to do this. And don't get me wrong, I have pullbacks. Of course, I'm stressed also. Of course, I have pullbacks. I'm not a fucking guru, right? <laughs> um, but this simple thing, uh, this, this simple practice really allowed me to, to, to absorb life in a different way. You know? Yeah. It allows me to go through tough, tough period as well. Because if you, tough times, sorry, because if when you step back twice away, that's the thing. You step back. You step back from yourself. Right. So, Jamie, right now, you or anyone, you're listening to my voice right now. OK. And you probably have emotions. You probably like, oh, you're intrigued. You're, you're like, oh, you're trying to understand. And, but you notice those emotions. Right. You're noticing mm -hmm. them. There's already a distance between you and you because you're, you're noticing yourself. How many times were you were you crying and you noticed that you were crying and you started laughing? Mm. So in one second, you 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 pass from being the emotion to observing the emotion. From emotion, emotion, thoughts, they come and go. Right? So what's happening with that practice is you just get used to sort of not get attached so much about your ideas and your emotion and everything. You just accept them, they're there. And you know they're going to be gone. 
right? Yeah. That's yeah. where fate comes into play as well. Mm. You have the fate that this emotion, positive or negative, will vanish at some point. That is fate, real fate. You know, because what's happening is the people, for example, that have that suffer from depression, is they start identifying to that to that state, right? Mm -hmm. And then they generate that state and they identify and they become depression, they become sadness. How do you know if someone is depressed? Spend five minutes with the person. If you're depressed too, oh. you know the person was depressed, sure. right? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's the emotion. They become yeah. the emotion. They become that emotion. And they share that, and you know, and I'm, I'm not saying you should you should let them go and all that. They need help, and all. That. And I'm helping so many depressed people. That's that's almost a curse of mine, you know. Yeah, I have no problem with that. But uh, yeah, this this simple practice really, 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 really changed my life big. Time. I like that. I like that point because I, I, it's funny. Like we just communicated. I feel like on two different levels in in the best way. In, in meaning like there's a polarity in all of us. So what, yeah. what I was referring to when I talked about like annualized was the practical. That's the one, that's the thing people like, I think, I think what, what you talked about is the spiritual and like yeah. people want the spiritual, but in order to get to the spiritual of like, yes, I get it, Mark. Like I'm, I, you know, 10 minutes, I love to shut the fuck up 10 minutes twice a day. It allows me to decompress, clear my thoughts and get to a place of that's all I want. I want to be present with my wife or my husband and my kids. I want to be present with coffee in the morning, right? It's the dream when you buy a house, like you, they, you tour the house and you see this little alcove or balcony, like, yeah. Oh, the realtor will say it. You can have a little coffee on that balcony in the morning. And then you never do it, right? You never actually <laughs> use it because like you're, you're stressed and you're going, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, so people want that image of what you just talked about and the block of it the day to day, the one day at a time, living one day at a time, the block of it is the practical, which is, but I got to pay my monthly bills. Yeah. And, and they, it's, I've used it. We all have used that as both like a questionable, how do I overcome that? But also like the wall I'm going to put up to explain to you why I can't have what I want because I yeah. need to pay my bill. So what do you got for that? What are you going to give me the money? Right. There's sort of like an, an inherent uh, uh, sense of that. That's the tone of it almost. Right. So but Go ahead. What if, what if it's this simple practice that I suggested shutting down, shutting up twice a day, morning and night? What is it? What if it could give you access to the abundance mindset? Yeah. And you start realizing that, that life is abundant, is abundant. I, I, I grow my food here. I do permaculture. And, and oh, nice. when you, when you, when you think about it, a tomato creates freaking 50 other plants of tomato which create thousands with blah 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 blah. all right yeah life is abundant life is abundant so what if money was abundant abundant too I, it, dude i have okay I, yes i'm a businessman and all that and blah 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 blah. but i starved for a for a, for a chunk of my life i was an artist right and i got stressed every time i was paying with my debit card every time i was buying a little something i got stressed I got, you know, I get their money in my bank account and blah, blah, blah. And even, and the thing is, even when I had money, I, I was still stressed. Even if I have 20 grand in my bank account, 50 grand in my bank account, I was buying a coffee at Starbucks. I was stressed. Is my card going to pass? Because my, my brain was trained to see it like that. 
So what if, what if there was a way, because the, the thing is, um, did you always pay your bills? Yeah. Did you always find opportunity to make money? <laughs> yeah. Then, then why stressing? You know what I mean? Like, then why fucking worry about about shit? Like, you did that all your life, man. Yeah. You did that all your freaking life. There will be opportunity. Oh yeah, now we're in a downturn. Now we're in a recession. Now it's stressful. Everybody's freaking out. But that will bring opportunities as well. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but, but you know what I mean? I do. And the, and the freaking out. It's a great point. I didn't mean to cut you off. But the the the. Well, I guess I did mean to cut you off. But the. <laughs> The, um, the, the, the recession thing, man, that's been, that's been so heavy on my mind. And it's sort of like, I think there's an internal sense of that weighing on me. And therefore I broadcast out to others not to worry, but I'm trying to convince myself of it too. So as I say that, that's what I'm going to do right now. But the, if you don't, if you don't Google words like inflation or Silicon Valley bank, or um, interest rates, if you don't Google those words, right, if you don't put that stuff in, and you just sort of say, okay, let me just look right here in front of me. Like I've got this laptop, there's a camera, I paid my rent. I, you know, like my, I, hear, I don't know if you can hear my kids and dogs are going nuts throughout this podcast. So apologies if you can hear them, but my, you know, like that's happening outside. Um, I got a date tonight with my wife. You know, I'm going to go to a restaurant where there's a lot of other people also on dates or out with their family. Um, I drive around, there's people at the gas station. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, there is there is this this mindset thing where we do we look for the oh it's it's coming up on a bad time so i got to be more this or i got to be more that i'm honestly of the opinion to some extent that that continuing to do things like for me like i like flying first class like i don't buy lavish cars that's not my thing i think first but if i stop going for first class if i don't take first class flights then i'm essentially becoming scarce right uh. so so going into even a downturn and I don't even know how it impacts me. If it, imp I, don't, I really don't care. I still see it as I believe in me. So because I believe in me and what I've been able to do, and I'm 44 years standard. old, correct. I have a minimum standard and I'm not, mm -hmm. you know, I, you know, like you said, I'm not saying like, look, if, if the flight is four grand first class and, and $300 coach, I'm flying coach, you know, like, let's not be, <laughs> let's not be stupid here. But yeah. if you're talking 500 uh, coach and, 1200 first class yeah, that's yeah, not a 1200 yeah, decision that's a 700 decision for me and i'm going to invest that in me because i'm yeah. worth that right and yeah. i find that whenever i make those decisions and i could never i'm sure you're in the same boat i can never quantify why but it just seems to like build this cycle of abundance for me go for it yeah do you do it on a smaller scale like do you do it with something stupid as your clothes for example the, the clothes that you buy not necessarily brands but quality or shoes mm -hmm. Example. Let me think of something smaller. No, like, uh, do you do it food. on a small, like food? Yeah. Rest, yeah. Me, me, same thing. Food restaurant. Like yeah. I'm going to spit out my dude. You want to go eat with me? Like take whatever you want. I'm inviting you. Same. I don't give a fuck. Like for real, take the most expensive shit you want. I don't care. I don't, I, I, when I go at the restaurant, you know, there's on the side, there's like the, 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 the menu and on, on the, on the right, there's the price. I never no look, look at the price of I anything. I know. Same, you know, and it's the same, like, me, it's not necessarily flying, flying first class. It's the restaurant thing. I just like, but it's on a smaller scale. And and my question to you is, do you have the same, the same mindset in smaller things than, than, than uh, flying first class, for example? I like, think so. It's stupid. But like, for example, like uh, uh, I, I, I never search for parking. 
I never searched for parking. Just, no, no, screw this. I pay for parking. Oh, I'm not. Oh, gonna... yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, ballet. Screw this shit. It's it's smaller things. Yeah. That you can implement. That is not. I mean, probably you fly more often than than I do, or or most of people do. But it's cool to find those little. Hack. That's a good point. Yeah. Little hack, little things like you know what I mean. How about the little little things that makes you feel abundant. Yeah, you know? I completely agree. I, it, my wife drives me nuts with this or drove me nuts because we don't have it down here. We don't have grocery delivery down here right now. I think they're, I think a company's doing it now. But anyway, in uh, in Michigan, we could get grocery delivery from Kroger, right? Big, big grocery yeah. food chain. Uh, $9, $9, okay? So <laughs> my wife was like, no, I'll just go get it. I'm like, why? She's like, it's $9, right? $9, yeah, yeah. But simultaneously, simultaneously, uh, uh, I don't know, Amazon drops off you know, $200 worth of shit we don't need on a daily basis. Right. Like, so, so it's like, I always say that to her, you know, like you, you are fighting over $9 while simultaneously getting like a, like a, I don't know, like a, like a sheet set that we don't need for, for 160 bucks. You know what I mean? Like, like we have plenty of sheets. We don't need we don't sheet. make like, any sense. Human beings don't make any sense. Come right. on, man. Go but on, no, that's a on, great point on. about the small things, but I, I do, yeah. I think, so I, I heard this story from a guy. He actually lives out by you, I think. No, he's in Scottsdale. He's a former NFL player. Um, he's coming on the show. Uh, John Madsen. John Madsen okay. is his name. And he talks about showing up. I think I've told this on another podcast. So when people start listening, I'm like, you just told the story, but whatever. He shows up to training camp. He's an undrafted free agent, right? So he doesn't get drafted by a team. Shows up, mm -hmm. tries out, makes the team. The Raiders in Oakland. So he makes the team. And... He shows up to training camp after making the team and signing like a three-year contract in like a Hyundai Sonata. And he makes the point. He's like, you know, so look, some guys show up in like ridiculous rides or whips or whatever the hell the mm. kids call them nowadays. Right. Some people show up and he's like, but, but you know, guys show up, you know, they show up in a nice Cadillac or a BMW or something. And he's like, man, me showing up in a Sonata was me telling myself that I'm not good enough and that I'm going to have to, I need the Sonata anticipating that I'm going to be cut. He's like, so if I really believed wow. in my greatness, if I really believed in like the greatness that I am. And, and again, some people are gonna be like, Oh, you overspend it. Like, that's not what he's saying. He's not saying go out and buy the, the 300,000 or $2 million Bentley. He's saying like, mm. I could have got a nice, you know, whatever Cadillac SUV or whatever for 80 grand. And it would have been fine, but it would have mm. been a statement to myself that I am, I am great and I'm worth it. Right. Like it was just an interesting perspective on if I really believe I'm great, then I'm going to invest in myself. He goes, but what I did was I created like, let me hold on to these dollars. Cause I'm going to get cut. I'm going to get cut. I'm going to get cut. And then you know what happened yeah. two years later? He got cut. Oh, right. So it's like a manifestation potentially in his yeah. mind, at least like, yeah. and again, if I truly believe I'm great, I would have invested in myself. And that's what to me, first class or not looking at the menu pricing or paying for the parking or paying yeah. for the valet or whatever is buying the nicer suit, right? Putting yeah. on the nicer suit, whatever it is. I think that that's kind of what you're, you're getting at. That's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Those are, are small hacks to, so that contributes to the abundance mindset because there's nothing more nasty than the scarcity mindset, man. Yeah. This is why people steal. This is why people commit fraud. This is why people kill scarcity mindset and this is what people this is why people don't grow um i don't i don't remember exactly a, a little bit uh, in the conversation before you you mentioned uh, you mentioned something and it's like the people that see 
rich people on one side and poor people on the other side, right? Yeah. They they see they they see those like I don't know you were talking about the people back home you know the, oh, with yeah, your social yeah. media you know what I mean so they see yeah. you as the rich guy, the unaccessible rich guy. And the thing is, the more you hang out with rich people, more you get to know that they're freaking normal, man. Like it's, even if they're billionaire, they're they're like okay, yeah, they, they might have some little. B I was gonna ask you, we gotta get it. Are you good, by the way? We got two minutes yeah, by yeah, our yeah, schedule, yeah, but yeah, okay, yeah, I can yeah, go yeah, over yeah, for a little bit. Yeah, so yeah, go yeah, for yeah, it. Continue. Good. Make your point. So, so, uh, so you want to talk about the billionaires? That's what you were no, no, saying. No, no. Did you did yeah. you want to finish that that point, or are you good, or do you want to go to the billionaires? No, no. We can talk about the billionaires. But Let's my point, my point is that is that the people <laughs> see a sort of frontier between the poor and the rich. So, so they see that they see themselves as poor, and they see the rich as rich. So they keep themselves into that scarcity mindset because they identify to them to to this. They identify, oh, no, no, me, no, I'm, I'm poor. No, me, I will never have money, me, no. Rather than wondering, what what did Jamie do mm. to fucking get where he is? Like, hey, Jamie, Jamie, teach me. Oh, let's see what Jamie does. Let's listen to his podcast. Yeah. You know, let's learn from the from the guy. And let's Don't write him a DM. Let's, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so the summer with billionaires, man. Okay, listen to this. I've been traveling. So uh, last year, uh, I received an email from from a guy in Cannes, uh, where the where's there there's the movie festival. Sure. Um, I'm looking for an artistic artistic director. Blah 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 blah. Uh, would you be interested to um, to come? Uh, blah blah blah. He flew me private the, the the same day almost. Wow. Arrived there and I'm like, okay. So the restaurant is like next to the Ritz Carlton super fancy like there was some hundred thousand dollar bottle of champagne in the menu and they were he was selling more than one every day you know um, a real estate guy by the way which real estate guy that also have restaurant and nightclubs and things like that yeah so uh so any he was telling me so I, I was traveling back and forth the whole year before we opened the show in june that was last year right yeah and uh he was always telling me he will say he said mark Mark, you will see, you will see an Italian guy, you will see, you will never find this amount of billionaires in the entire country, in the entire world. It's impossible. Here in Cannes, this is where all the billionaires are. And me, I'm like, I work for Cirque du Soleil, I've traveled, I lived in Vegas, I, you know, like, come on, man, like, oh yeah, Dubai, blah, blah, okay, okay. He was right. Mm. Man, that's another crowd. So I discovered two things about billionaire. I discovered that there's a massive difference between the people that made themselves billionaires and their oh, children. There's uh -huh. a massive, massive difference. Massive difference. How the so? People that, oh, the, the people that like billionaires are just like you, man. They're, they're normal folks, man. They're not they're like people that really build their business and they, they're just passionate about business. It's just they do it on a bigger scale, but they're just passionate about exactly what I was saying at the beginning of the interview. They're passionate about building a machine that create money. That's yeah. it. They're passionate about that. And of course, they put money in their pockets and they like money and they like brands and things like that. Okay. But other than that, they're, they're, they're people like you and I, man. They talk business. They, they're, they're really accessible. They're not. But they're children that were born billionaires, not, not millionaires, billionaires. Mm. Totally different ball game. 
it's the it's flashing it's the competition of like who has the 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 the, the greatest hooker well escort uh strippers whatever yeah. who and they're gonna make the they did competition who who brings uh, who's paying more uh which table in the restaurant is paying more so if someone asks for a, a hundred thousand dollar bottle of champagne there's another table that will ask for another one and then the other one will ask for two and then yet it was just because they're trying to prove that they have the money they never did anything to to have wow you know so they feel they need to prove it all the time and that's that was that was a shock to me a real shock to me because i hang out with a lot of millionaires and a lot of you know a lot of wealthy people i have money doesn't impress me but it's the behavior I'm like, and it was almost everybody, almost everybody. That's crazy. Yeah, that was uh, that was an interesting experience, man. The, 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 What's the second thing, or is that the you said? There's two things about billionaires. There's a difference between their them and their children. Yeah, no, there... the first generation and the second generation. Oh, you know, okay. the first generation, the people that that build their yep. business and they yep. became, they, they went from millionaire to billionaire. Yep, you know. And but their children, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, got it. it. You you feel they were they were born into that, and it's very different. I, I it's very different than than the, the the millionaires, man. It's 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 not the average wealth, man. We're talking about people that have like you know that are worth billions, man. We're talking about the prince of, of fucking Abu Dhabi came there and with with his. Why why can't? Is it just the beauty of it? Like why are there so many? Uh, there? Why can't? Uh, no, it's no, it's not a, no. Monaco, Monaco, right? It's a, how do you say, like a fiscal paradise? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A safe uh, haven? How do you say? Yeah, I'll find it. But yes. We'll, we'll find it. But, the, the, you know, tax-wise, it's like the-, the Tax the, haven? The, tax haven? Tax haven. Yeah, exactly. That's what we're yep. looking for. The, yeah, that's because of Monaco. So Monaco is like super close to, to Nice, super, super close to Cannes. And Saint Saint Tropez, which is like a little further down here, so yeah. that's why they hang out there because they have boats and they, they you know they, they take their boat the boat from Monaco to Cannes to Saint Tropez. They do a lot and together. They, do you see them together? Together, who? Meaning, like, the, I'm just so this is tribe of millionaires, right? The the the, the, the like what's what this show has always been about is interesting stories, of course, but. There's always a through line. Everyone, you, me, everybody talks about like the impact of those around them. So I'm just kind of curious, like when you go there and you see all these billionaires, this guy says there's more billionaires here than you'll see anywhere. Do you see them? Did you witness or do you observe those billionaires masterminding together? Anything like that or no? Were they kind of more independent souls? Mm, I saw them partying more than anything else. Well, even I can that, tell you how they party. I can tell you everything that they do while they party. It's very cool. It's very billionaires' parties are great, man. Why? Well, give, me, give, me some, give me some details. What's a billionaire party? Uh, like? they, they imagine that you, I man, I've seen everything, man. Like, I've seen. Uh, uh, do you really want to know? Like, I've seen. I've seen people. Everybody, everybody is exploding on cocaine. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's 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 everywhere. Uh, but clean, is. clean escort. They're not hookers. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it, it's, it's escort that, that, that charge like, you know, 20 grands a day. Like it's, it's crazy. Huh? It's hedonistic. Crazy, crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, not yeah, like yeah, high yeah, class yeah. ice sculptures. It's more of like, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, it, that, yes, it. yes. The place where I was working, it was, it was more like a nightclub type of show, a sexy show, and go-go's and things like that. But, um, 
more than one Google were offered thousands, thousands for just like the private dance that was not even sexual or like things like a waiter came to the bartender at some point. He said, Hey man, uh, where can I buy a cigar? I need to buy a cigar. He gave me a thousand bucks to buy a cigar that is worth like 50 bucks. Where can I buy that? Like the guy just say, take, take, take a grand, go get me a cigar somewhere, you know, yeah. like yeah. Leave, leave your job. Like, just get me a cigar, you know? Wow, man. That's um, fascinating. Fascinating. But I don't want to generalize too much, you know, because like I had fun with them and they're great, but I, I really, I really, I, that's the thing I observe with, with the generation thing, yeah. the 60 plus 50, 60 plus, they weren't too much like that. They were still partying though, but they were more classy. And, and yes, I've seen more of those people networking and do business meeting between them, but the youngster, man, nah, different level. I, oh uh, we've had two billionaires on this show and you're right. Both of them are very, very like regular dudes, you know, just like, like average guys. You wouldn't know it. You wouldn't know it. Just the numbers yeah. are bigger. The numbers are way bigger. Everything that they do is just, you know, like to me or you, what might be like, you know, uh, uh, you know, dropping 200 bucks on a, on a meal to them is like dropping 5.6 million on a house. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah, ah, yeah. I bought a, exactly. an extra house for this reason or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. you know, it's exactly. crazy. And it's not bragging. It's just change the life. Yeah, no, exactly. 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 But, but we all do the same thing, right? I have yeah. friends that are, don't have money here. And yeah. for them, like it, it means a lot that I'm inviting them for a beer. Yep. Hey, thank you. Thank you. And it's just a fucking dollar 50, but for them it's, you know, or maybe not a dollar 50, but it's a meal. I invite I invite them to the restaurant. Sure, it means a lot, man. Because that fifteen bucks that they would have to pay if we divided the fucking bill, which drives me nuts. I hate to go to the fucking restaurant and everybody's like, "I know we're gonna divide it." You should freaking, you should you should kill people, man, to pay the bill. You should fight for it. You should you should like break their jaw until you're the last one standing to pay the fucking bill, man. Wow. Like no jokes, but I know I can't stand. I can't stand. I just, I just, I don't know. I freaking can't stand this, but let's divide everything. Let's let it go, oh, man. You know, so, um, Interesting. so yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to jump. I'm sure you do too. I've kept you over on time, but where can people more learn? Man, this was honestly, I, I just love this conversation. This is, yeah, me like, too. I forgot we were recording at times, to be honest with you. But what's uh, where do people find you? Where do people learn more so, about you? Where do you want to yeah, go? Yeah, people can go on podcastproducer.com simply. And if not, all my links will be in the show notes. Uh, they can hit me on Instagram, but easy to remember podcastproducer.com. All the links are there. Great, great URL to buy. So amazing. Brother, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks hey, for doing thank you, this. Man. Yeah, thank we'll you, stay in you. touch. Hey, uh, wait a second. Wait, oh, wait, wait. Oh, oh. What the hell? People, if you appreciate this episode, please leave a comment. Please share the episode. That will make a difference in Jamie's life. A little Apple comment. Just go, just go on Apple Podcasts. Write that little comment. You know, this way this guy rang better. It, it's going to take you, what, 5, 10, 20 seconds. If you made it that far into the interview, come on. Come on. 20 seconds. Comment something. Share an episode. Amazing. Thank you. I do need more of that. So I appreciate you, brother. Thank you.